with the first pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select. Hello, everyone. This is the All-22 Podcast, where we break down the NFL Draft, the NFL season, and the college football season. I'm Jacob Miller, known as NFL Scouting on Instagram. This is Camden Roberts, known as Blitz Scouting on Instagram. And in this first episode, we're going to be recapping the NFL Draft, talking about our favorite picks, who had the best drafts, some UDFAs we think are going to be big contributors right away. And we're going to start off with our three favorite picks, our three least favorite picks. Uh, you start off, Cam. Um, yeah, so my three favorite picks, first off, is uh, Michael Pittman to the Colts. Um, he's, you know, with the signing of Phillip Rivers, obviously he's not what he used to be, and he needs reliable targets who can go up and get the ball. Last year he was obviously – he didn't play well at all, but um, the kind of bright spot on that offense was Mike Williams, um, and they got another guy who can just go up and get the ball, big, tall receiver, um, and I really like to fit there in Indianapolis. So one of my favorite picks, uh, personally, was Jeremy Chin. He was a top 20 player on my board, number one safety, and then get him at pick 64, I think it was, for Carolina, which is insane value and a defense that needed it. Like, they went all defense in this draft. And to get another safety uh, in a secondary that needed help, Jeremy Chin can play all over the field. He can play in the box. He can play at single high. He can play at slot. It's just someone who can fix their secondary right away. Yeah, I also had Chin. And then um, another guy I had with Ashton Davis to the Jets. Although the rumors of them shopping Marcus May today were um, said to be false, I think Ashton Davis will eventually take over for Marcus May. But I think next season he'll just um, be a gadget defensive player for them, play uh, some nickel cornerback a little bit, come up and play in the box. And then he can also play single high safety. You know, Marcus May has the injury history, so he uh, is a reliable option uh, next to Jamal Adams. And they got him a pick 68, which I had a second round pick or a second, uh, a mid second on him. So that's just good value. Yeah, I did too. That was a great value. Another one of my favorite picks, another one from the Jets, Denzel Mims. He was a top 25 player on my board. I think I had him wide receiver five or six. And to get him at, they traded down from 48 to 59 to get him. That's just crazy value. To still get him trading down, he can uh, step in and eventually be the wide receiver one. Great ball skills, great on deep routes. You know, he has some inconsistencies with his hands, and he's still a little raw as a route runner, but he has all the athletic tools and physical tools to be great. So. Yeah, and uh, my, my third guy was Jeremy Chan, and you already touched on him. So, To get the least favorite picks, uh, I'll start. Uh, kind of an obvious one, but A.J. Dillon, I just don't see him as a second-round player. First of all, he's a fourth-round player for me. And to take them on a team that already had Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, like I know their uh, their contracts are expiring, I think, next offseason or offseason after that. So you're looking for the future. But I just don't see in the second round where you're that close to the uh, the Super Bowl. I like the Jordan Love pick, but that's for different reasons. I don't know. I just didn't see the value, the need, or anything. Just don't see how he fits. Yeah, and um... – my, my first guy I wrote down was Trayvon Diggs, the Cowboys at pick 51. Um, I think that's bad value. Uh, he was my cornerback 14. Um, I, he's just very raw and with guys like Christian Fulton on the board and, uh, and some other corners that I had over him, that's just, that's just not good value. And um, with Byron Jones leaving, it's you know, likely going to be Chidobi Ouzier at cornerback one, and then he's going to be lined up against 
uh, wide receiver twos, and I just don't see him pairing well on year one. Yeah, I wasn't high on Diggs either. I think he's way too raw to play anytime early. Another one for me was Jalen Hurts, another like obvious one that people talk about, but I get their intention to like emulate what the Ravens did when Joe Flacco was still starting with Lamar Jackson or with Taysom Hill. But in the second round, I just don't see, especially the huge need of wide receiver, still a pretty decent, decently big need at corner. I just don't see it. I guess like if he steps in and he's, you know, you do two quarterback sets and he's uh, effective as a runner. Or, like, I get Carson Wentz is hurt, but I don't know, not in the second round. Maybe in the third or fourth, I would have liked it. But I didn't even see him as a second-round player at all. I saw him as a fourth, so. Yeah, um, another guy or another pick that people really aren't talking about is Antonio Gandy-Golden for the Redskins. Um, I just I just don't like that fit. Last year, they took Kelvin Harmon, who I was super high on. And um, they kind of both do similar things, big physical receivers who uh, – and people people docked Har or Harmon because they said he was slow on tape, and then they take they take Antonio Gandy Golden, and people are praising the pick, and I just don't like it at all. I don't think he's going to be able to separate in the NFL. He's just kind of going to be there to maybe catch 50-50 balls. But I don't like that pick. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, my last least favorite pick was Isaiah Wilson. I like Isaiah Wilson. He was one of my dimes in the rough. Uh, I liked him a lot as an early third round player, but in the first round, I just don't see it at all, especially with um. Especially when they could have taken an edge, um, there was still edge on the board that had value in the first round. But I don't know. I just I like that they took tackle because they needed one, but not in the first round. I like he I could see that he uh, could probably step in right away, but I think they could have waited. I don't think he was going to go the first round if they didn't take him. They probably could have got him with their second round pick. Right. Well, um, to touch on that pick, um, I read somewhere that Isaiah Wilson might slide in and play guard immediately. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but um, that could be I could see that. He I, he probably sits better as a guard. He's kind of like if Makai Becton wasn't as huge, just dominant in the run game, mm-hmm. strong. Right. Um, my, my third least favorite pick was Harrison Bryant to the Browns at pick 115. Um, not only were there better tight ends available, I just – um, don't think that's a need, especially bringing in Austin Hooper. And although David Njoku is probably going to be gone, um, they also have him. So I don't see the point in bringing in another receiving tight end who can't block at yeah. all. Um, there were better tight ends available. So I just didn't like that pick much at all. All right. So in our second thing we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about three UDFAs each that we think will be big contributors early. I'll start. Uh, with Courtney Davis, so the Vikings, I had him as a round four talent in the top 25 receiver on board. So him going undrafted was a huge surprise, honestly. And a wide receiver room that's wide open after Thielen and Justin, or yeah, Justin Jefferson. After that, it's a lot of, a lot of guys with no, nothing to, um, nothing to their name yet. So he could, he could, I mean, if he shows out, he could uh, carve a big role. And I think he's talented enough to do it. Right. Um, my first guy I wrote down was Salvin Ahmed to the uh, the Niners. Um, he was the top 10 running back for me, running back 10, but I had a mid-third on him, and I just think he fits that Kyle Shanahan offense really well, and I don't think he'll uh, be a week's 1 through 12 standout guy, but as the season goes on and guys start to uh, fatigue, I could see him making a way onto the field and uh, showing out similar to how 
Matt Breida and guys like that have done for them. Yeah, I agree. I had them there too. Round three talent for me. I had them a lot higher than other people. Um, another guy for me was Bryce Huff. Uh, I wasn't huge on him, but I liked him as an early day three pick. And to go to a team like the Jets, that's really weak at edge right now. I mean, they picked Jabari Zuniga. They have Jordan Jenkins, but those guys aren't great. So I think he could carve out a role if he stands out. So I do. I really like the Bryce Huff pickup. Um, my second guy was Javaris Davis, the Chiefs. Um, I don't think he'll be an immediate impact guy, but he's got um, he plays with a lot of speed and got got quick feet. He um, was a steady producer for the Auburn defense, and he started for four years. So um, I think to get him in that pretty weak the cornerback room, I think that's a good move. And um, you know, we saw Javarius Ward. He played terribly his first year, and then he was one of their um, one of their better defensive backs on that Super Bowl winning team. So uh, I could see him coming in in two years or something and uh, making some noise. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, so we're going to move on because – unless you have another one for the UFA. Right, I do, actually, yeah. Uh, J.J. Taylor to the Patriots, um, running back at Arizona. He's just a lot of fun to watch. I actually had him as a, a third-round talent, but after I docked him for, like, his size and durability concerns. He uh, went down to a, a late fourth for me, but they got him as an undrafted guy. And I think Bill Belichick is the perfect coach for him because he'll, you know, he's just a niche back. But if anybody can um, show off his strengths, it'll be him. You know, he plays hard, um, great receiver out of the backfield, and, uh, you know, he's, he's willing to block. So I, I really I like agree with that. <clears throat> so we're going to go on to uh, each of us pick two teams. Uh, who had the best draft, and uh, we're going to explain why. I'll go first with the Jets. I really love their draft. Uh, I thought they had a great free agency, picking up, like, Perriman and, like, four offensive line starters. And then in the first round, going and getting Makai Becton, who <clears throat> might be raw as a, a pass protector to early on, but he's going to be a great run blocker right away, like, right away. And Le'Veon Bell struggled last year, and you can really run behind a guy like Makai Becton. So – <clears throat> and in the second round, trading from 49, I uh, talked about this earlier with Denzel Mims, but trading from 48 back to 59, picking up a, an extra third, I think it was, and still getting a top 25 player, a guy with wide receiver one potential in Denzel Mims, a team that needed it. I mean, they have Crowder, they have Perriman, but they don't have a wide receiver one. So that was a huge thing to get. <clears throat> and then Ashton Davis in the third. I had him as my safety two in a very early second round grade. He's going to be a chess piece early on. Maybe he replaces Marcus May. Maybe he replaces Adams if they find a trade. But right away, he can play. He can play all around that defense and a, a player for Greg Williams to use however he wants. <clears throat> and then another pick from them was Jabari Zuniga. It was a huge need at edge. They still don't have a lot of edge rushers, and I like the value there. Uh, and then Morgan, James Morgan, the quarterback, and then Lamichael Pirine, the running back, both in the fourth round. Obviously not huge needs for them, but if Le'Veon Bell's contract is, is still too much for them and he's not producing, then next year they can move to P. Ryan, who's an all-around good back. Um, in the fourth round, that's all, that's all right value. Same thing with James Morgan. Uh, after Sam Donald went down last year, their back of the quarterbacks were horrible, and they just couldn't do anything. They couldn't move the ball at all. James Morgan is a capable backup for Sam Donald. Uh and then Bryce Hall in the uh, fifth round was a massive steal. I had a round two grade on him. He was a top 10 corner. If he didn't uh, – I don't remember what the injury was, but if he didn't get hurt during the season, 
he probably would have been a round one, a round two pick, and he has starter potential. And he doesn't have to start right away because they picked up Pierre Desir. They already had Bryce Poole and um, Bless Austin, who was good at the end of last year. So there's, uh, I love their draft. Great for Sam Darnold, great for the defense. Um, the one of the teams I had was were the Ravens. You know, um, the rich get richer. Um, so that for Patrick Queen to fall to them at twenty eight is, I mean, it's just the NFL should be scared. You know, um, he's he's kind of raw, but you know he's got all the tools you look for in a linebacker, and um, I think that he's going to be a long time starter for, on that defense. And then I picked fifty five. They got my running back too, um, who I had a first round grade on J.K. Dobbins. You know. Um, the running back life cycle or the running back lifespan is kind of short in the NFL and uh, Mark Ingram's getting up there in age. I think he's 28 or 29 maybe. And, um, you know, J.K. Dobbins will come in probably year two and be their running back one and uh, take the workload off of Lamar Jackson. And then uh, Justin Matubuki at pick 71. Um, good run stopper, you know. Uh, Derrick Henry ran all over them last year. And uh, I think they're definitely trying to stop that from happening again, and great value, uh, good news and stuff. I like that pick. And then at 92, they got Devin DuVernay, who is my wide receiver 14 in a super stacked wide receiver class. Um, you know, he's he's going to come in, fly to beat, and uh, make play or make an impact immediately. I don't think he'll ever be an 1,000-yard receiver, but I think he's going to be a consistent 700, 800-yard guy for the majority of his career and uh, give Lamar Jackson some more weapons and add some even, even more speed to that offense. And then I think 98, they get Malik Harrison, kind of just a thumping linebacker who uh, isn't great in coverage, but they got Queen there now, so they don't really need that. I, I think that pairing is is really good. Um, Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison together. They complement each other extremely well, and, um, and the Ravens just they are just killing the draft. And then – um, I didn't like um, I didn't like the pick of uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his first name. Yeah, yeah. Tyree Phillips. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't like that pick. I don't know if he if he's gonna play uh, or if he's just gonna be like a depth tackle or a depth interior lineman. But um, I had I had a fifth round grade on him, so I think that's a pretty big reach. But um, I guess I'll trust uh, the Ravens because they've done a good job developing these guys in the past. Um, and then at pick 143, they got uh, Ben Bredson. Um, good value there. Um, and he'll just probably be another depth interior lineman guy. Um, and then at 201, you know, they got James Froche, just uh, ridiculous value there. I had I had a fourth-round grade on. They get him in round six. Um, just another receiver for Lamar Jackson to throw to. Probably won't see the field immediately, but um, good sure-handed guy to come down or come onto the field when it matters and uh, just make third down catches. And then at 219, they get Dino Stone, who uh, my pro comp for him was actually Chuck Clark, who they already have there. And uh, I think it'll be good for him to learn under Chuck Clark and maybe in a few years, you know, how they are with their defensive backs. Chuck Clark will, will probably wash up somewhere and Dino Stone will come on and turn heads. So I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I agree, especially with that James Prochet pick. Like, they already have a guy like, uh, Hollywood Brown to take top of the defense, and then getting two two guys that are really just reliable targets and Prochet and Duvernay. I like how they built that offense. Right. Uh, another team that I didn't write notes mm-hmm. for, but I want to talk about their first couple of picks is the Broncos, and I really like their draft. 
especially Jerry Judy at 15. He was a top five player for me, my number one receiver, my number one scout receiver since I started doing this. Uh, at 15 was just insane value. Pairing him up with a, a big body receiver in Quentin Sutton, uh, he can work the middle of the field with his route running, with his ability after the catch. Uh, they're just they were just loading up this offseason to help Drew Locke. And in the second round, they went and took KJ Hamler, who I think became underrated uh, closer to the draft. No, not a lot of people had him in their top 10, but I still did for a couple of reasons. I know his, his catching is, you know, iffy, but he's still really quick. His second gear is uh, phenomenal, and he's a good route runner. So he's going to be able to stay in the slot uh, while Courtney Sutton and Jerry Judy are on outside, and he's going to be able to do work. They already have Gordon Lindsay, fan. They took Albert Agugambunum, I think that's how to say it, which who I don't really like, but he's got – maybe he can learn under Noah Fant. So, I mean, the way they built around Drew Locke, I really like it. Uh, always do that when you're on – you've got a quarterback on a rookie contract. I think they can really be contenders this year. They already have a great defense and a defensive-minded coach, and now they have an actually really great offense. Right. Uh, actually, touching on uh, their draft and Albert Okuibanam in particular, he wasn't a top uh, 10 tight end for me. But uh, the more I think about that pick, the more I like it because, you know, Noah Fant is kind of their, he's kind of their run after catch tight end. And uh, I think Albert Okuibanam can come in in the red zone and uh, maybe catch some touchdowns because, you know, last year Noah, Noah Fant's yeah. hands were pretty shaky. And uh, and I think Okuibanam is a good sure handed target for Drew Locke in the. Yeah, I, I love what they've done this offseason. I mean, their offense is stacked everywhere. Even picking up Gordon when you already have Lindsey, uh, they added to the offensive line as well. Right. Uh, I think they had a great draft. Another team that I didn't write notes on, but I also want to talk about is the Dolphins, who I think have maybe had a little bit of an overrated draft. I think coming in with like 15 picks, mm-hmm. I think they had probably more. I would like to see them move up and down the board a lot for positions of huge need, like safety was a huge need for them. They didn't move up enough for that. Or a top tackle or a top running back. But I think there's no more praise I can give for them to actually sit there and not be scared and take Tua Tagovailoa, who was a top 15 player for me, easily quarterback too. I think, yeah, his injuries are a problem, but I think he's going to step in. I think he was clear at the combine. So I think he, if he steps in right away, he's going to be able to distribute to these receivers like he did at Alabama. I think the hate for him about uh, there's been a little bit of hate about how stacked his offense was, but it was the same thing with Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow doesn't get that same attention. So I think he's going to be great there in in, uh, Miami, even if he has to sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick for a year. Right. Yeah. I I wasn't super high on their draft given uh, how many picks they had. Um, They kind of just kind of stayed put and I feel like they were just marking guys off the board and taking the positions that they thought they needed. Like, I didn't like the Brandon Jones pick at all um, as a Texas fan. I just, you know, I don't think that he's ever going to – I had, a, I think, a fifth-round grade on him, and they took him uh, way earlier than that. Um, and then the Noah Igbenogany pick, I like him as a player, but I, I, I just think that was a reach as well. Um, I think he's going to be uh, a good nickel corner guy, and uh, if they're going to be running a lot of base nickel, then I, I don't mind that pick. Um, but yeah, I just think they made a, they reached a lot with like guys like Austin Jackson, who uh, you know Tua needs protection immediately, and he's going to be a, a year two or three guy to develop. But um, 
they definitely filled holes, but they they obviously yeah, reached I agree. up the board. The Noah Igbenogany pick is uh, is an interesting one. I really like him as a player. I'm a huge fan. So like my instant reaction was I like it, but as I've thought about it more, it's grown off me, especially that there was all the safeties left on the board. I mean, Jeremy Chin was a top 20 player for me, and they had a huge need there. Xavier McKinney, Grant Delpit, uh, Ashton Davis even, and they took a corner when they already had the two highest paid in football. Like, I think he's going to be a great nickel corner, but I would have gone safety. And I've also, I also would have traded up for Jedrick Rolls, Wills when he fell, other than uh, drafting Austin Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And um, another team that I, that I thought really killed the draft, especially given um, how few picks they had, were the Cardinals. Um, you know, they, they really struggled. They really struggled to um, defend tight ends last year, and they get Isaiah Simmons, who's going to play all over their defense. And um, with the, in a division that has George Kittle in it, I think he's going to be an immediate impact player, and uh, hopefully a long-term starter in that defense. And then in round three, you know, we saw Josh Jones keep sliding. Everybody, he was getting round one hype because you know he uh, may not have, he may not be very flashy, but he just didn't get beat at Houston at all. And he uh, slid to round three, and they picked him up. Um, and uh, we, or they were rumored to take a tackle in the with their first round pick, and they get arguably a first round talent player in round three um, to come in and maybe start at right tackle for them. Yeah, I so. thought they had a great draft too, especially another pick. I think it was uh, in the fourth round, the Kai Fotu, uh, who was uh, I think a round three player for me. But yeah. you know they struggled. Their interior D line isn't great. I think they have Corey Peters, and I don't remember who else. But he has high upside as just a pure run stopper. And obviously in the second round, they didn't have a pick because they got uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So I think they're really set to make a huge jump next year. Uh, Kyler Murray's a stud. I think they can definitely make a playoff room. So I think we're done with the first episode. We're going to end it here. Uh, I think next Next episode, we're going to have kind of a a final segment as a questions. So we're going to ask questions. People are going to give us questions on our Instagram stories, and then we're going to ask, we're going to answer them on the show next time. But uh, that was our first one. Thank you. Thank you.